So this woman dreamed that she wandered into a shop at the mall and Jesus was behind the counter. What would you like? I'll give you anything your heart desires, Jesus said. She was astounded by this, but also thrilled. And pretty quickly she says, well, I would like joy and peace and happiness, uh, freedom from fear, stuff like that. Kind of stuff maybe we would, we would respond with these days if we were asked that question. But she quickly said, uh, not just for me, uh, but for the entire earth. In the dream, Jesus paused and smiled and he said, I don't think you understood me. Uh, we don't sell fruits, only seeds. Two years ago, my daughter Claire um, got married. And if you've been through that experience, you know there's a lot of preparation that's involved. And, and so one of the things that was a big topic of conversation was the flowers and what kind of flowers do we want? Um, how many do we need? How much is that going to cost? Uh, I was surprised by a lot of that, um, which is, well, I think, one reason why we, we began to think about uh, what if we grew our own flowers? Uh, and we kind of got excited about this idea. And so I, I remember my daughter Claire would, would send me these websites and, and these, these pictures uh, from Pinterest and all these different flowers. And so I, I began the process of trying to figure out, okay, if we plant those seeds, will they grow in Western North Carolina? And uh, how, how long till they, they grow and till the flowers bloom and, um, and, and all that kind of stuff? We, we went and bought all kinds of, of uh, packets of seeds with these flowers that, that we were just really, really excited about planting. Um, I, I put these packets of seeds right by the back door as I got them, uh, and it would see them every time that I would, I would come in. But I never got around to it. I don't know, I was just maybe too busy. I never prepared the soil, never planted the seeds, never reaped the harvest. Today is the second Sunday in Advent. Uh, the scripture text that, that uh, we usually experience in the second Sunday of Advent um, is John the Baptist uh, repeating the words of the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah says, A voice cries out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And, and as Mark tells the story. In our text today, he begins his gospel with this. He says it's the, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like this is what's coming. And he tells us about John. And, and John is doing what, what Isaiah said, what Isaiah prophesied. He's, he's preparing the, the way for Jesus. That's why we always look at John on the second Sunday of Advent because we're waiting, we're preparing for Jesus. We're anticipating Christmas. And so uh, Mark says that people came from all over the place. Um, 
city people came from Jerusalem, country people came from all over uh, the Judean countryside. There was energy, uh, there was excitement, because they had been waiting for this. They had been waiting for this for a long time. God's people, you know, a, a history of being oppressed, a history of being in bondage, therefore, a history of, of longing for the fulfillment of this promise that, that God made, that a one would come, a Messiah would come, and, and would, would save them. So they had been looking for a long time for this sign from God. But they weren't really expecting this. For, for all practical purposes, uh, they wanted a revolution. They wanted a, a Messiah that would come uh, and that would lead them against the Romans. And so for, for that Messiah, to prepare for that Messiah, um, then they would be sharpening their blades, their swords and their axes and their pitchforks or, or whatever uh, blades they would need to sharpen and, and weapons they would need to prepare. Um, but John, he does this different thing. And it was strange to them, but he was leading them into a different kind of battle, not the one they expected. His message was a message of repentance, a message of, of change. And, and the change or the preparation that John prescribes has nothing to do with politics. The change and the preparation has everything to do with us. It's a change that has to happen in me. So, this image that comes to my mind when, when I hear John repeating uh, Isaiah's prophecy, uh, I see the movement of dirt, you know, like those giant earth movers or bulldozers and backhoes and, and dump trucks, kind of like what you'll see if you're driving towards Hendersonville on I-26. Uh, mountains being leveled, valleys filled in, highways being created roads being made straight. So, John wasn't calling them uh, to sharpen weapons. He was calling them to sharpen the plow. When I was a kid, always, always around this time, um, Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, we would always go to, to Covington, Georgia, which is where my grandmother and granddaddy lived, on a farm. They retired on this 80-acre this farm. And, you know, uh, Granddaddy always had more stuff to do than he could do himself. And so when all of us cousins were down there, he put us to work. And, and I always just remember Anthony, he was the oldest cousin. Uh, he would get on the tractor and, and we would all be in the, in the wagon and he'd take us out into the, into the pastures. And we'd just pick up rocks. We'd fill that wagon with rocks and then go dump them in the place where Granddaddy wanted them. Uh, sometimes um, granddaddy would get the tractor and, and I'd go with him and we'd go down to the, to the river, one of those old uh, muddy Georgia rivers, and we'd hook up the pump so that uh, water could make it to the, to the garden. Um, granddaddy would, would get on his tractor and um, drive around the, the whole perimeter of his property with me and, and we would 
mend the fence uh, in this place and that place. I'll never forget the day when my granddaddy looked at me and said, Keith, uh, go out to the barn and get the tractor and, and take your little brother and, uh, and the chainsaw and go cut down that tree that I showed you. It was awesome sitting up there. It was, it was an old-timey tractor, you know, one of those old-timey ones. I loved that tractor. I've always wanted that tractor. So the other day when Sammy Kimmel was here with his old tractor to offload the pumpkins, I just stared at that thing. It was like I had tractor envy. I wanted, I wanted his tractor. So that's why I have this on my shelf in my office so I can look at it. Sometimes I'll, I'll play with it. Someday I'll be a farmer. Someday I'll have my tractor. Not too long ago, I was in my prayer time. And, you know, uh, if you've heard me rattle on about stuff, uh, one of the things that I like to do in my prayer time um, is, is listen to the monks sing and chant. It's just kind of a nice way to pray. So there was this, this choir of, of monks singing um, and I was praying and was just in this quiet, peaceful place. And, and uh, the, it was a, a Jesuit group from the Philippines. Uh, Bucas Palad was their name. And, and they, were, they were singing this song, um, Deo Militari. And so I, I was uh, uh, singing along with it, you know, Deo Militari, Deo Militari. You know, like how monks will do. Uh, Christi Lucan So I was curious about this song. What, is, what does this Latin song mean? And what the song means is serve as God's soldier. Spread Christ's light. That's what I was singing. That's what I caught myself singing. You know how it is the rest of that day. I'm driving around. Deo militari. But I drew myself up short, though, because I, I grow increasingly restless with um, imagining uh, the church or the people of God with, with these um, military images, like that, that that's what we're associated with. I'm uneasy with that. But, you know, I think that's, I think that's what that crowd that was surrounding John in the wilderness that's probably what they were thinking. That was probably their expectation and, and their hope. Like the good old days, when God's people were, were also an army. I'm, I'm reminded of Christianity and our desire to spread the light of Christ in militaristic ways uh, with the crusades and all that. And so in, in pr prayer, I found myself Longing for a, a different image, maybe a better image. And so I kind of asked that, like, what, what would that be? And you know what I immediately saw was a farmer in an old tractor. And I immediately remembered, maybe you remember, uh, on Easter morning, they didn't recognize Jesus. They thought he was the gardener. So, John the Baptist, he comes today. 
and he's preparing the way for Jesus. Maybe he's preparing the, the soil for Jesus. This Jesus who will come plant the seeds of the Spirit and who will wait for the harvest. Today, we come to this table. And as we approach this table, we remember that Jesus has prepared the way for us. And so on that night, he was with his disciples, and he takes the bread, this, this bread that, that was harvested from the grain, and that was worked and made in, in, into this loaf, or I don't know exactly what the bread he held looked like. And he's, he broke this bread, and he blessed it, and, and he gave it to them, and he said, take this and eat it. This is my body, which is given for you. It's going to be broken. It's going to be leveled. The gaps are going to be filled in. The road is going to be made straight. He says, I've done this for you. Whenever you take this, this broken bread, remember that I've prepared the way for you. And then he takes the cup, the cup which is filled with wine, the fruit of the vine. And he said, this is my blood that was poured out for you for forgiveness. John calls us to confession and repentance. And Jesus brings grace. And so as we come to this table today as a church, in our homes, maybe you're together with your family, maybe you're alone, maybe you've prepared your table and it's unique and it's sacred to you. We prepare the, the soil of our hearts. We hear the call of John the Baptist and we pray. Oh God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. In our prayers of confession, they go on. And we pray them as we repent and turn in your direction. And God, we ask for your forgiveness and we ask for your grace. We pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on each one of us, on the gifts of, of bread and wine, uh, the harvest, the fruit that is on all of our tables, that is on, on your table, that your Holy Spirit would would bless and bind us together as your church. We pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us, your people. So that when we eat this bread and we drink this cup, you will make us one with you and with each other. And that our lives will be given to this task, to the plow, to the planting of seeds this earth and the people of this earth as we anticipate that harvest when you'll come and we feast at your heavenly banquet bless us we pray in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.